Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got the biggest technology news of the year because we've got back-to-back -back conferences. One, the Entertainment Electro no, the Electronics Entertainment Expo E3, <laughs> talking all the big video game news, plus WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference, talking everything Apple. I swear it's going to be a long episode, and not just because Dan's not here. It's going to be an exciting one. We hope you stick around because Don't Panic is going to start right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 135, recorded June 13th, 2016. I'm Bridge Cruise, Project Scorpio, and Advanced Computer Vision. Hello, everybody, welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and of course, you, the most important part of the equation. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by one man. He works alone, a, a, a solo act, <laughs> Colby Rabideau. Yes, sir. He, he he's a lone wolf. <laughs> and someday I'd like to be referred to as a loose cannon. As a, lo a loose cannon. Damn it, Rabidou! Not again. Turn in your gun and your badge. <laughs> Indeed, I'd I can that. only dream. Uh, yeah, no Dan this week. Yep. As we as we reference, he's off scuba diving. What is he doing? Yeah, I think so. I don't. I can't remember where he must be in Florida, in Florida or something. Okay. But yeah, he was, he was doing scuba diving today. Um, can you, can you just do that? I I don't think so. Like you, you have to get like certified and stuff. So I, I assume he's like with an instructor getting instructed or something. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but all, all best of luck to Dan. I don't know. Yeah. International man of mystery, Dan Miller. <laughs> always got a, always got something up his sleeve yes you sir. guys didn't know i was an accomplished scuba diver <laughs> no dan somehow we didn't no idea no well good well he'll he'll be back in the future uh i congratulate you before we came on but congratulations to colby and dan who who helmed the show last week did a fantastic job you should go listen to 134 i was so disappointed to miss the uh microsoft enterprise discussion uh because i i <laughs> when you guys are when I kid you not, I was like screaming out loud when you're like, what SharePoint? How does SharePoint work? And I'm like, my life is SharePoint. It's like half my job is SharePoint. Like I do SharePoint every day. I was so like screaming. It was painful. Amazing. But you did a good job. I'm, I'm sorry. You yeah. represented I'm, reasonably well. Right. It's probably more entertaining us not knowing anything about it. Then. Exactly. That's how. And then you got to go more technical with it. See, I would have just been like, as a consumer... You know, I would, right. but you guys, you guys got to fun with it. So that was a fun one. Um, is there any banter we want to, we want to chit chat about before we get to the um, news or you want to jump right to, to what's going as, on in tech? Well, so as you, as you were doing the intro read, I was thinking, what if like way back three years ago, instead of calling the show, don't panic, we called the show panic. Um, and then in the intro, you could just, just be like, okay, it's time. To panic. to panic yeah that would have been good yeah and then we could have just like yelled and ran around that ran around <laughs> our apartments for... I, I don't think we would have gone 135 episodes with that strategy <laughs> feel like after five we would have been like this is exhausting <laughs> i can't keep this up we're too yep. worried about everything can you believe Fair. it though this is because we our very first episode was a wwdc episode oh we wow ios 7 right the one that the, the big redesign yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That was easy. That was way back. Jeez, 
Um, and we're back with, with more WWDC, because they do it every year, uh, the big software event. Um, and this year it was purely 100% software. Sometimes they get a little, you know, we had rumors about a, a new MacBook or, you know, who knows, but strictly a software event, uh, tvOS, macOS, watchOS, and iOS. And uh, uh, I thought about it before we came on the air, Colby, that, you know, our, our usual strategy is I kind of just read through everything they announced at a very high level. But I thought mm -hmm. that kind of sucked because you can just go online and read everything they announced, right? That's yeah. Then you don't need us. Um, so I thought instead, why don't we each pick a few things that we per in particular want to talk about and think is interesting, and we'll and we'll just pick random stuff out of the announcement. Cool. Sound good? Yeah. Are we doing E3 first or Apple first? Oh, uh, well, it's up to you. Is there one you want to start with? Uh, I don't have a ton. Like I haven't. I don't know. I didn't have a ton of things that jump jumped out at me from E3, so I would be fine with starting from that. I mean, starting with that, if we want to go through it quick. Yeah, oh, we can definitely do that. Yeah, the problem with E3 is it's still going on, right? Literally <laughs> right, 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 right now, as we talk, Sony's doing their big event, and Nintendo's is tomorrow. Um, the only big hardware event we've done so far is Xbox, and we also had announcements from um, EA, Ubisoft, um, Bethesda. Um, who else am I missing? I think there's one other big software company. Um and the problem is they just announced a bunch of games and I, we could literally list like 50 different games that are coming this year or next year. Um, I picked a couple I thought were interesting. Um, in terms of hardware, I guess I'll just quickly mention that, you know, we've got the Xbox One S, which is the slim version of the Xbox One. Um, really, a bigger hard drive is really the only other difference. But I think it's actually, I like the white. Did you see pictures of this yeah. thing? I actually I did, It's yeah. really it good great. looking. It's a pretty mm -hmm. box. Um, Looks like a stormtrooper. It does. And it's kind of like, you know, futuristic looking. It's neat. So um, that'll be coming later this year. Um, but one thing I picked out I thought was interesting was the the announcement. It's not really an announcement because I think we've known about it. It's Xbox Everywhere. We saw the first games available um, where you buy a game once and you'll be able to download and play the game across Xbox and Windows 10 devices. And in addition, mm. when you start a game on one device, you can finish it. They sync all of your game data, including where you last saved and your accomplishments and all of those things. That's funky. It is. Uh, it is. Multiplayer cool. as well will cross both. So a PC player can play against an Xbox player, um, which I think mm. is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, that would be cool to me if I had either a pc or an xbox but i have, yeah, you're not the guy i have asked. neither a pc there's there's no cross compatibility between the playstation and your mac no well so there the place playstation does support the the streaming thing now where you can right. uh stream like the game plays on your ps4 and you can stream it from a computer mm -hmm. um it's not clear to me one thing i haven't figured out with that is like I don't know if it works outside of your house because I've only tried it in your house. Uh, but I think it'd be pretty crazy if it works like yeah. from anywhere. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's possible, which is sort of the same thing, but not really. Yeah. I mean, it's I, this feature is useful for somebody. I'm not sure who um, <laughs> is really, I guess, to bridge bridge PC and Xbox gaming, which I guess makes sense on some level. The, the, the problem is 
The problem is you're... I, I don't... Well... I like I get the cross multiplayer. That makes sense to me. I don't I don't understand the advantage to getting the right to download it on both. I guess if you're bouncing between devices. Yeah, I guess it's cool. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just my brain's not wrapping around the practicality of it. I wonder if it's uh I don't know. I on on one I feel like it's kind of a no loss thing. Like I feel like very few people would buy it buy the same game on both. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might as well have this like value add thing to like having an Xbox and a PC. Uh, that's, that's my only thought really. Well, and, and as I think about it, you're what the problem is steam is eating their lunch and what you're doing is guaranteeing game sales through the Microsoft store of which they get a cut and they're controlling mm-hmm. the ecosystem. True. That's the advantage because they've really, they've lost PC gaming. Microsoft doesn't right, control right. that. Um, and that's a big advantage to them that uh, you can't get with Steam. Right. So that's an interesting concept. We also saw um, some, well, I can briefly mention Project Scorpio, which is basically a souped-up Xbox that's coming out next year, late next year. Um, that's mm-hmm. going to be like six octaflops of some crazy non-technical babble. But it'll that's be super 4K, VR coming out, the, the yin-yang, no details price even date it's just super late next year um is going to be the next generation of uh, xbox one but they've already said everything will be cross compatible with the current xbox one so it's not like a brand new console they're just souping up the power inside of the existing one right um in terms of games we saw a shit ton um a couple i picked out uh battlefield one which is uh you know most people know battlefield the kind of shoot 'em up game uh <laughs> Common gamer. <laughs> they um they they're bringing it back to World War One. They're blimps and horses and tanks, and I'm so excited. <laughs> like I actually might go out and get this. You, you know what that reminds me of? Uh, when I was a kid, like y- a young kid, like when when Windows ninety five was a thing. Uh, we had this like I don't remember what it was called, but it was like a world war one fighter plane simulator game for windows 95. Awesome. Uh, and it, it was like, you had to, there were a bunch of, bunch of missions where you had to like shoot down zeppelins. Uh, and I was absolutely terrible at it, but it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this reminds me of that, but like now, well, and it looks like you'll be able to fly planes in this one as well. Um, and do all those sorts of, Right, controller right. stuff. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. Um, you know, I will say that, you know, fun. By the way, fun fact: you may not know this. The original Call of Duty, which was a World War II game, right? Originally, correct. Um, do you know Steven Spielberg worked on that game? Wow, and was instrumental in the that. launch of it. Yeah, because he was doing whatever the what Saving Private Ryan around that time, and yeah, he, he's a huge World War II nut. Um, and he was actually instrumental in making the game. So fun fact for you. I had no idea. I bet he's still cashing checks off that too. Yeah. Those, the original Call of Duties were pretty excellent. Oh, those were right. And that's kind of what I want back is I am, I am so sick of these generic like warfare games, you know, the, the, the duty caller games, um, (laughs) that, that, you know, been there, done that. This is at least a small twist on it. Right. Right. No, it's interesting. I mean, it's, 
you know, I think uh, at some point the the World War II games got pretty stale, and so they moved into like modern times, and then the modern times got pretty stale, so they mo- now moved into like sort of future stuff. Um, and that begs the question, like, what do you do next? And and I guess I guess uh, is it EA? EA has answered the question for us by looping back around and, yeah. and starting starting in World War One, which I've never really played a World War One game before, so could be could be great. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to Tribal Warfare, where just it's just sticks and rocks and like spears. Right. right. Well, that's what that's like Far Cry. Uh, I was gonna say they've Far done Cry. them all. They they've made every game there is to be made. Let's let's be real here. But one you know that they have not made that actually looked like a lot of fun. Did you see the Star Trek virtual reality game? Uh, I didn't until I was just looking at your links right so, now. So uh, Ubisoft is releasing this. It's for, um, I think, I no, they said it's coming to all VR platforms. Did you ever play uh, Space Team? Is that, that that iOS game? Yes, where you're all yeah. in the same room and you shout out commands to each other. It's like yes. that, but with Star Trek oh. and virtual reality. It's the first game <laughs> I've seen. I'm not saying it's the first, the first I've seen. That uses multiple people wearing VR headsets in the same mm. room in a co-op style environment. Very cool. And it's very similar where everyone has a different control piece of the, uh, it's not the Enterprise, but whatever Star Trek ship they're using. Um, and you have to control different pieces and there's the bridge and weapons and comms and you've got to, it looks so much fun. <laughs> I'm like, I want this. Now, of course, you have to have like six friends all who have vr headsets and bring their giant computers to plug them into (laughs) i mean it's horrifically impractical well maybe i'll support playstation vr when that comes out in the fall they say most major platforms so that would be cool um but even if you could do it with like um uh gear vr where you're just strapping the phone to the face or um, was it daydream from google um phone in the face that'd be awesome yeah yeah because i think party games are a great example of this I mean, it's kind of sad because you've got everyone at a party and everyone has a you know headset strapped <laughs> the face. But um, I think that's a cool opportunity for for VR. Yeah, it doesn't look terrible. Hang on, I'm trying to find like the in-game footage. Oh if it yeah, because they have the some of the Star Trek actors um, playing the game. Oh, talking, playing it. Unsurprisingly, talking about how great it is. Shocker. Um, right. It doesn't look super like. I don't know. It looks cheap. It looks wise. a little cheap. Yeah. I, which, I, I, which I think is fine. So, I mean, I guess what my point was, that gives me hope that it might support many, uh, many, many devices. Well, that's the problem I have with a lot of, and I was watching the PlayStation stream before we came on and they were doing a bunch of PSVR games and it was literally just a bunch of existing games in VR. So it was mm-hmm. like, you know, Final Fantasy in VR, Star Wars in VR, Batman in VR. And it's like, that's great. <laughs> but give me something I can't get normally with a controller, like blow right. my mind with something awesome. Yeah, um, and like like a port is never going to be as good as a as an an experience designed for that. Right, right, and there, and again, it's all you know stuff we've seen before. You know, the same kind of shoot 'em up at games or flying games or you know, give me give me something that hasn't been done. Yeah, that's why I can't wait for indie developers on VR. That's going to be fun. Yes, sir. But then again, we won't own one of those in a long time. Now, I see here you put the uh, Dishonored 2. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty cool. I've also been meaning to play Dishonored 1 and just haven't gotten around to it. Um, 
I I think that's a Bethesda game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched some other of their other trailers. the The Skyrim reboot looks pretty. Uh, I don't know. Historically, I'm not super into games like Skyrim, so I'm not sure if I'll play that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Fallout fa- DLC. Oh yeah, it looks like there was like a legit like content DLC for Fallout, the the Nuka Land or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. I mean, I still haven't finished the. I was actual- gonna say, how can you possibly spend any more time in Fallout Four? <laughs> like, I just don't think it's possible. <laughs> That's yeah. got to be the longest game ever at this point. Um, <laughs> it's quite possible. And they even announced some. They didn't say say uh, they said VR content for Fallout. Mm. Now they didn't say a game. They said content. Oh, Take that for what you will. Oh, and also <laughs> Fallout Shelter is coming to PC and getting some new, um, some ability to do stuff outside of the shelter. Did you play Fallout Shelter? I you know I did for a little while and it was fun. The problem is with any of those kind of games where. You know, they have the clock and you got to wait or you got to build stuff up over time. I get I get bored really fast. So I played it and it was great. It was really good. I just couldn't. Yeah, sustain. I, pl- I played it way too much for a short period of time. <laughs> you get burned out. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I've done this for the last three hours. I have to stop. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So that, that was it also came out. I. I feel like it came out during the winter or it was at a time when I was taking the train to work every day. So I was doing it on the train. That's a perfect place for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll have to see if the update's any good. Yeah. Um, anything else E3 you want to talk? I will. Let's see. Um, the only other thing was that, as I said, PlayStation announced PSVR is going to be available in October for $399 here in the U S that was it for hardware for Sony. That's cool. I don't think I'll spend four hundred dollars on it. But. I mean, hey, you know, I sure could. I think a better way to spend four hundred dollars, but at least it's not, you know, a thousand dollars. That's what's nice is it <laughs> works with the PS4 you already own. Now the problem That's is true. I don't know if there's any games you want to play with it, but at least you don't have to get a thousand dollar gaming computer to to use it. That's true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I guess maybe I'd consider if there was something cool enough. Like No Man's Sky or something, if No Man's Sky ever comes out. (laughs) Well, we'll have to wait and find out. But we are going to move on then from E3 to WWDC, where there is plenty to talk about. Apple's big event. Um, We've got a bunch of stuff here in the sheet. Um, I will, let's see, I'll do super high level, super, 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 like mile high club, high level. And what was it? <laughs> Don't panic's getting weird. And then I, yeah, well, getting weird. We've been weird 130, 35 times. <laughs> um, so they started with Watch OS, um, mm. Watch OS three, complete Watch redesign, OS. like everything else. Um, looks far less complicated and much easier. It's got things you might recognize, like um, uh, control center and better notifications, and they made the crown and the button on it less weird. Um, and a bunch of stuff um, that actually makes the watch look kind of fun to use. Um, I certainly didn't pick out anything from there I thought was particularly interesting. Um, although they they showed they showed a feature, so they made a big push in fitness. They showed a feature where you can share your workout with friends. Okay. And, and create like a social thing with your exercise and see how other people were exercising, which I thought was a great idea. 
But then I thought, like, how the hell are they doing that? So Apple has no social backbone. Like, how are they powering that? I wonder if they're using, like, Facebook or something. Or just phone numbers, probably. Honestly, that's, that's... Right. That's that's the Apple. I mean, iMessage. Apple does have a social network and it's iMessage. Right. It's between iPhone users, which is really what you need. Right. Like only people with an iPhone can have an Apple watch Mm -hmm. and only people with an iPhone have iMessages. So I, I bet that's what it is. Similar to FaceTime. Yes. Yeah. It's probably that, you know, your iCloud kind of identification, your email or your phone number. That would make sense. Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as I thought about that, I'm like, it is kind of weird to think about that Apple really doesn't have a social backbone. Yeah. You know? Or at least not yet. Yeah. Right. I mean, they tried with Game Center a little bit. Um, so, yeah. And we all know how well that went. Well, there was Ping. Ping and Connect more recently where they tried yeah. that again. Um, yeah, every time they Re-ping. tried to do social stuff. that's Because I was thinking, like, if I had an Apple Watch and I wanted to share my workout with you... I mean, that'd be easy because I have your contacts, but what if it was somebody with an Android phone or something? You know, I mean, it's it's just weird thing. Well, but I they mean, didn't elaborate. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, like, well, I guess you could have, like, a web thing that you could, like, look at it. I don't know. Yeah, that would be good. I, they, I don't know if they they mentioned you that. Would, you would hope. <laughs> you know, they flew through this announcement so fast. There was so much stuff that. It's true. Who knows if we even saw. Yeah. Maybe we'll learn more as the week progresses. I think so. I think so. Um, and certainly in the fall when the hardware comes out to accompany it. Um, but I will say it did. It I thought it looked like a big improvement on the old Apple Watch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but then again, every Apple event makes me want to buy their crap. So, <laughs> um, TVOS also got an update. Um, this I picked as something to talk about because I actually do think it's really interesting as we talk about Apple wanting to be more of a, not a cable provider, but more of a provider of content. Um, some of the smaller things were a new iOS app for controlling your Apple TV. That's more like this, the new Apple TV remote. Um, no New searches for Siri on Apple TV, the ability to search uh, YouTube videos, which were new. But what I thought was really interesting was stuff around um, cable providers. So... Um, Colby, I don't know if you have this with your Comcast subscription, because I know you have very light cable through them, where you can use your Comcast credentials to log on to like the ESPN app or the AMC app or whatever and get access to that content. Yeah, so um, my I do have that. There are still like I do still get a few channels um, and also like the broadcast channels still make you log in with your your cable uh what you call it like with your cable provider to Mm -hmm. see just to like watch them so uh for things like like the cbs and nbc sports apps like i have to log into those Mm -hmm. and and i do have like the hbo go thing that's the one one thing i use that i get from my comcast package so and those are becoming extremely common um, and and I, 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 the vast majority of networks now have that. Um, it's a good bridge between cutting the cord, not cutting the cord, because you still need cable to get it. Um, Apple announced two interesting features with that. One is called Live TuneIn, which is any app that gives you the live stream of that channel, which ESPN is a good example of this, where you can just watch regular ESPN in their apps. Um, you can say to Siri, Siri, watch ESPN. 
and it knows to not just pull up the app, but also to pull up the live stream of ESPN. And the same goes for Disney Channel was another example. Um, for any app that has a live stream, uh, just say watch it, and it opens it up. Again, bing, light bulb, like a TV when you just move <laughs> to the channel and it goes on. Eh, see? Mm-hmm. The other big thing was a single sign-on feature. Um, so, Cole, you, for example, you would put in your Comcast credentials once, and... Apple would automatically tell you, A, every app that is compatible with Comcast, and B, if you selected it, it would automatically log you in using your credentials. You went, you give it to Apple once, and they log you into every app. Apple has essentially built a cable box. Like, right. they're, they're really far closer than they were yesterday, <laughs> if you really think yeah. about it. Because you, have your, you can flip channels now, like a regular TV, and all of the channels are automatically there. You don't log yep. into each individually. And it tells you yeah. what channels are available with your subscription. Yeah, that's and true. the best part, if you're Apple, you didn't negotiate shit with the cable companies. Because, right, that was always the big... Every year we were like, oh, this is the year they announced they're doing a cable package. And this is the... And it was right. all the negotiations fell apart. They wanted too much money. Apple didn't do anything. They just built some good software. <laughs> yeah, it's like clever UX, right? Even, it's just like... And no one does this. Fire TV doesn't do this. Roku doesn't do this. Nobody does this mm-hmm. the way they are doing it. It's it like it makes me want an Apple TV, even though I own like eight Rokus, which is don't even start <laughs> why I own that many. But um, it's uh, this really got me excited because this is the kind of stuff that makes um, cord cutting kind of worth it. Now, again, you need a cable subscription to do all these things. So sure. that's where you're going to you're going to miss. But right. Um, did they say, was there an ETA on this, this update? Um, uh, they, I don't see in this article, I'm assuming everything was fall, um, with developer previews earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would safely say fall, maybe sooner, but I would safely say fall. Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. It was pretty, it is, I mean, it continues to be annoying to do all the sign-ins, but like it was particularly annoying when I first got the Apple TV. Mm -hmm. Not to be a whiner like everyone else on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, no, there are a lot of, a lot of cool advantages to Apple TV. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really, they also said that more apps will be integrated with Siri, right? So like, yes, uh, I'm excited for that because like the Siri search is kind of nice, but not if you like don't want to watch something on the three things that it can search. Exactly. Yeah, they announced several new partners for that, like I said, including YouTube um, as well, which is nice. Did, did you just hear Siri? No, no. Did it activate? Oh, yeah. It said you'll need to unlock your iPad first. Like, That's uh, real helpful, Siri. Yeah. <laughs> um so that was about it for tv os um now there's the newly named mac os what do you think of the new name <laughs> the new name it's mac so OS. different uh yeah i mean it makes sense i get it it's cool i like i did like so i want this at to this evening over as i was like eating dinner and stuff i watched the whole keynote mm-hmm. uh and i enjoyed Craig Federighi slide with with like all the names of the platforms and like 
they're they're all something OS, and then and then they're all lined up like the OSs are lined up, and the the ten sticks out the other side, and like something's different here. <laughs> and can we just take a second to just admit how much of a national treasure Craig Federici is? He's he, he, the man. He's so great. He was quite funny. Um, like still the thing I like about him is that he's still awkward. Like, like the rest of them are, um, but is some is like, I don't know, I guess like charmingly awkward. Whereas the rest of them are just awkward. Yeah. It's endearing. Yeah. Yes. Endearing is, is exactly the right word. I loved the, um, when he, when they were doing the iMessage stuff, which we'll get to, but he was like, you know, everyone uses emoji. So we made them three times better bigger and he got so excited and everyone cheered it was i don't know we're just such nerds but it's great it's true it's true um i i also like the 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 lady who did i uh apple music music yeah she was she was quite a character she was uh and 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 uh good for her being like self-confident and like not caring enough to get on stage and, and 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 do that sort of thing for with a bunch of I don't know like nerdy. It's a developers <laughs> conference. Just, I just, mean, right? A developers conference. <laughs> that says it um, all. Yeah, she she rocked it. I thought it was great. It was a good. Hey, they put on a good show. No one, no one's going to question them there. Um, let's see. The big stuff in Mac OS was um, well, we can start with this, which is some of the continuity. Continuum? Continuity? What is it? Continuity. I always call it yes. the wrong thing. Continuity. Continuity, yes, which was the idea that your phone and your computer and your tablet were going to interact more. We talked about this last year. This year they brought some new stuff to it. Colby, how about universal copy-paste? Let's get, come on, get psyched. Yeah, we'll that's wicked. thing in one place and paste so, it in another. <laughs> so I already have that, and the way I have that is I, I message things to myself constantly, mm-hmm. um, which is ridiculous so i'm i'm super psyched that this is a thing i think it'll be really great it's, it's neat yeah yes <laughs> it, it, it is neat. i mean it's just it's one like, of those little things uh i can't i can't can you send me a link to the mac one i don't i don't have it i can't find it to the it's mac too, one of what the the like verge article about about the oh i don't have i actually don't have one about copy paste um, oh, do they do individual ones? My God. Yeah, they did for so some things, but not for others. Right. Um, but I can scroll and see if I can. I'll just find the the the. Oh, I found their thirteen biggest announcements ones. This is fun. Yeah, it's eh, close enough. Um, because okay. the the other continuous stuff, which I thought copy and paste wasn't super interesting to me, but that's just because I'm not a Mac user. But mm-hmm. I did like um unlocking. Local unlocking. So if you're wearing your Apple Watch and you approach your computer, um, it will automatically unlock and you won't have to do anything to unlock it, which is pretty neat. Yep. Um, And I wish more devices would do that because that's great. I would like if... uh, So I feel like I read somewhere that that works with a phone too, but I would like it if uh, I could like touch ID my phone to unlock my computer. Yes. And that's a good segue. No, continue. I wouldn't want it to happen like just I walk near my computer and it unlocks for anyone who opens it. Mm-hmm. But I would like it to be like, oh, use Touch ID on your phone. It 
boom, touch ID. And also that's like the next best thing to having touch ID like on Max. Right. right, right, right. I mean, we know the rumor that it may be on the next version, but I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Um, and it's—I mm-hmm. think it'd be good, to, honestly, to have both options. Um, you know, give give people more ability to unlock the devices. What's interesting about the fingerprint thing is Apple Pay, um, which is another thing they announced that uh, Apple Pay will now be available in Safari on your desktop. Um, and you're saying to yourself, but Sean, doesn't Apple Pay require your fingerprint? No, it still does. When you go to pay for something on your Mac in Safari, it pops up on your phone. And you finish mm. the transaction on your phone using Touch ID. Clever. Which is awesome. That is so... I don't know how that works or how that's secure, and I don't want to know. I just know that is so cool. There's just something yeah. about that where it's like you go to purchase something and your phone, you just reach to your phone, put your thumb on it, and you've bought something. Right. Well, you know what's cool about it? It's kind of like two-factor without people like having to do deal with two-factor off. Exactly. Like, right. could you imagine everything logs in that way? Yeah. It'd be crazy. It would be. I, I'm. God damn it! Apple makes me want their stuff. It's really <laughs> annoying. Uh, but I love this feature when they announced it because it's really. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really neat. Just I suck agree. On it. I agree. Um, let's see. What else did they talk about? Um, was there anything Mac-related they discussed? I'm trying to remember. Oh, Siri on Mac. Uh, Siri on Mac. Yeah. Siri. Which was interesting. I mean, yeah. I, again, you really have to be a heavy Mac. You know, you got to use mail, and you got to use, you know, all the kind of photos, and you got to use all the Mac stuff for it to work. But if you do that, then you'll be able to well, ask Siri questions. I mean, Siri, they, in talking about Siri, they're opening up the Siri APIs, right? But with now, and I genuinely don't know, is that on iOS only or was that on Mac as well? Because uh, I know it's for iOS, but I don't, I don't remember them specifically saying one way or the other. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. This, this, this article at least is, is, uh, on, non-committal on that front okay which is okay which is whatever um i I mean it wouldn't surprise me if it were open on both i just don't um i just don't know how they roll um so yeah if that's about it for mac then yeah we can move on to ios and talk about siri for everyone opening up to developers a lot a lot of a lot of stuff opening up to developers which is always super interesting um Mm -hmm. Including uh, Siri and uh, iMessage, which we'll talk to messages, not iMessage, uh, messages, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, Colby, what do we think of uh, of Siri opening up to uh, to everyone, to developers? Yeah, I think it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, like, I, I mean, this is, I, I feel like pundits galore have been saying this, like, ad nauseum for for a year but uh they're kind of behind like it or it feels like they're pretty far behind google and amazon in this front right like uh google now is open to developers as far as i know um and probably works pretty well uh though i don't haven't really used it in in years um, and the Amazon Echo definitely works very well. People love it, and that is also totally open. Um, so, you know, they 
they had to get on the boat. Now they're now they're on the boat, or they're almost on the boat. You know, one way I thought about it that I th- that was interesting to me was car play, mm-hmm. and the idea that just using that as an example, if I were in a car and um, or or when I'm mowing the lawn, right? Just just when you're doing everyday activities. I don't use Apple stock apps. I use them very rarely. And if I want to play a podcast in overcast, I can't do it by voice. It just doesn't work. And that mm-hmm. sucks. Like that is right. not a great user experience. And when you're in a car or you're doing something hands-free, you need the ability to do these things. And I don't think CarPlay as an example isn't a good isn't a good system if it can't allow apps to to actually use the features because voice is one of the biggest features if not the biggest feature of that platform. Um, Especially, yeah, I think it absolutely is the biggest feature of of the car stuff. And I think it's it's an absolute no brainer. So I'm glad to see that's the case. the The problem I have now is is Siri competent enough to understand the vast multitude of commands that she will have to understand? Because there's so many different kinds of apps and. You know, do I have to always call the app by name or can I pick, you know, when I say play a podcast, does it know which podcast app to use? You know, I'm probably overthinking it, but, you know, right. it's those kind of um, little things that, that concern me about voice. Yeah, I, I hopefully they've thought through those details, right? I think like you can certainly imagine a nightmare scenario where you happen to have like three podcast apps on your phone and you say, oh, play the the Radio Lab podcast. Uh, and it just, you know, round robins them like every time it just opens a different one or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would be terrible. Um, I would hope like so on the Apple TV or at least some of the demos they had in the keynote today, um, you could do things like search for uh, Steph Curry in in YouTube or something. So I would imagine it, it'll work something like that. Like you wouldn't say play a podcast. Uh, you would say like play This American Life in Overcast. Yeah, or I think you're going to have to be, you know, send, you know, I can't just say send Colby a message. It would have to be send Colby a message in Slack. Right. You know, right. and I, I think you, you'll you need more context, which I guess is OK and just something you get used yeah. to. Sure, sure. Um, it, I, I, I could see it being like. A, like a, a learning curve, maybe for yes. some people, well, you have to learn what the commands are, right? And and right. what you have to say to get what, get the action you're looking for, um, it, assuming it's not intuitive enough that you can just say almost anything and it'll figure it out. Uh, that's really a tough th- question. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, so that's an interesting, like, uh, hearing people talk about the Amazon echo, um, from what they say, it's very much that way. Like it is not particularly flexible with what you can say to it, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I've heard that they do a very good job, like teaching you how to talk to it. And once you know how to talk to it, it's very useful. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, I could imagine it being that sort of situation. Uh, I still like, I don't know. Part of me is a little disappointed that it's not, I guess, I guess Siri's always listening a lot of places now, so you can always talk to her, but I kind of wish there was an Apple, like always listening speaker thing. Yeah. Yeah. Also because I feel like Apple is 
of the three companies, Apple is very privacy conscious. Like at least right now in their history, they're like of of Google, Amazon, and uh, Apple. They're far and away uh, the most concerned with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I I would hope that their their take on that sort of product would reflect that. And I think uh, that would be pretty nice because it is kind of weird to have. Amazon listening to you all the time. <laughs> Very true. Very <laughs> true. Because we all know what kind of secrets you're hiding, Colby. Uh, yes. And Amazon cannot know. <laughs> Bezos, stop listening. Um. So that is Siri. Um. Let's see. We've got. Gosh, they just announced a shit ton of stuff. Um. A lot of stuff was redesign type stuff. So. Uh. Apple News got a redesign and now has subscriptions um, and better breaking news notifications, which is great because uh, I don't. Did we talk about Notify being shut down on the show? I think that was last week. So remember Facebook's Notify, Notify. app? Oh yeah, vaguely yeah. Yes, they're well. They're shutting it down. That's probably because nobody oh. remembered it. Um, <laughs> but I actually yeah. came to use it. I never oh, opened really? it, but they had really great news notifications, and I'm a news junkie. Mm-hmm. And so I subscribed to certain feeds, and I would always get – like, for example, today when it was announced Microsoft was buying LinkedIn, I found out like the second it was announced because of Notify, and they pushed me a news update. Gotcha. And I'm going to be re- – I like had to do – I did an ift recipe temporarily until I figure out a new way to get those notifications. I'm going to try it on Apple News. Um Cool. Because if I can get similar feeds, that would be great. I really actually like that feature. The app was terrible, but the notifications were great. Um, <laughs> it will be missed. But um, yeah. same for Apple Music, a redesign. Um, there will now be um, daily curated playlists. There will be song lyrics. You will be able to tell which music is downloaded and which is streaming, which is interesting because you couldn't do that very easily before. Um, a discovery mix that tailors a playlist to your taste. Um, let's see. Maps got a redesign, more focused on navigation. Uh, so it'll, uh, try to predict things you might want to do, like going home at the end of the day at work. Um, uh, you can, uh, there's also integration with other apps, so you can pay for things, make restaurant reservations, book rides, and all those kind of third-party integration stuff. Um... All right, let's. Uh, you want to talk about messages? Yeah. Yeah. This was a, this was a funky one. iMessage is getting great. It's honestly like they took iMessage and gave it ecstasy, and now it's just <laughs> like you know going nuts um, with some glow sticks because you're gonna be able to just do a shit ton of new stuff in messages, including bigger emojis, emoji suggestions, and when you write a sentence, it will look for words that can be emojified. And you can tap them. Into, so if you type the word pizza, you can tap it and it will turn it into a pizza emoji. Um, believe it or not, that's a thing. You can share songs directly from Apple Music. You can handwrite notes. Um, they're animated effects when you send a message. Like the like it'll jiggle or expand. Um, there will be... Um, got all kinds of other kind of gimmicky stuff. And then you think... <laughs> Developers are now getting access and can develop apps within messages, which is also very exciting mm-hmm. for things like stickers, which we all love. Um, 
and other such things. and gifts. Oh, it's confusing. Uh, um, yeah, it was real. I, I, I watching this, I was like, wow, they're like literally doing every feature that any other messaging app has implemented <laughs> in the last like year and a half. It's really every bad. single one all at the same time. Um, which honestly is great because there are some things in like Facebook Messenger that I really enjoy, but like I don't, it's not super practical because iMessage is like, you know, pretty legit and, and convenient. Uh-huh. Um, and I like, I will definitely use some of these things. I, th- I thought about this for a while because my first reaction was, I hate this. Uh-huh. <laughs> because because the for me the best part of iMessage not believe me it needed work but the best part was was that it was simple it was like text mm-hmm. messaging it was really simple and you know what I don't like about Facebook Messenger it's got too much shit in it yeah it is complicated and there are buttons and eighty thousand features I never use because all I do is write and occasionally send pictures and right. I thought about it and if I would have much rather Apple added zero new features, but rolled it out on Android and gave me a Windows app and gave me um, a web app and and blew it out that way. Those are features that are practical. None of these things, they're cool and they're flashy. Outside of developer editions, which we can talk, you know, we can talk about in a second. I'm talking about all that, the handwriting and the emoji and the, well, those are great. Those are not, for me, value-add features. They're gimmicks. They're, They're really, they're not adding functionality in any way. Um, which is really, you know, I'm good. Great. I mean, it's good to have the option, but you know, if I start, if my messages start exploding and flashing and the backgrounds start changing and invisible ink and all this nonsense, I'm just going to get annoyed. Yeah. Um, but I'm also an old so, man, so I'm not really the, I'm, 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 I'm grumpy right. in the curmudgeon. So if, if there's one thing I've learned about you, uh, in the last few years, Sean, it's that you don't like anything. <laughs> Back uh, in my particularly day. new things. No, uh, no, exactly. Uh, so my thoughts here include uh, one. While there's a bunch of crazy stuff, the base interface does not seem to have changed a whole lot, uh, right. which I think is pl- a plus. Like looking at this compared to Facebook messenger with the like 50 million buttons across the bottom and like, uh, you know, it's a little crazy. Um, that could be good or bad. I mean, maybe that will mean people won't find, find a lot of those things, uh, which it sounds like you are kind of hoping is it might be the case. Um, (laughs) by the way, if any friends are listening, you know, all I'm going to get sent when this comes out is all of this flashy stuff. Nonstop. I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, (laughs) absolutely. Um, the I I think some of the things are just like kind of nice, like the the link inlining stuff. Uh, that's cool. Yes, that is cool. the The inline previews are pretty great. Um, <laughs> the the, the um, auto emoji replacer thing is silly, but but amusing. On paper, it's a good idea. I'm just going to get annoyed yeah. when people use it. Right, like, just right. use your words. <laughs> Right. That's that's also that's not how I use emoji. Like I don't I rarely use emoji in place of words. I use emoji as like uh, augmentations accent, yeah. of the the message I'm I'm sending. Um, so so that'll be interesting. I definitely I, I'm definitely into the 
uh, the quick replies things. Uh, I like that. That's mm-hmm. that's I'm a fan of that feature. Um, I also like the the quick replies that they have. I like the 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 thumbs up, thumbs down, haha. I feel like I text haha to people a lot, so I'm just never gonna write that out again. Um, yeah, I don't know. But we'll see. where things get Could interesting be... is third party developers getting access to messages, which a I was legitimately surprised. Because mm. if you had told me Siri access, okay, maps, sure. Right. Uh, you know, all the other or like of, access you know through Siri or something, or like. But yeah. but apps built for iMessage, crazy, crazy. Now, so so here's my question about this, because I couldn't care less about probably anything that some messages app will do, but will the Pebble app be able to send iMessages? Uh and I can only assume it's no, because that that would be be too too nice. But well, that's my question. Well, if an I app, mean, I haven't read up much about it. I mean, you have to assume if you can build an app that has access to write and read messages, then there's I can't think of any reason why Pebble couldn't. But but we just don't know what level of access they actually have. Right. Well, it's a, it's a, uh, I would would wonder is it like um the apps can only do things while you're in messages. I think it's right. Cause that, that's garden. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, I'm assuming that's the case in which case in, in, which means that what I want is just not possible. Just yeah. That is a bummer. Um, but I think it is cool. And you know, again, this is another one I'm trying to wrap my head around about where does this become interesting? Because if it is just a bunch of sticker and GIF apps, like that is really lame because uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of what Facebook does. Um, but, you know, the one example they gave, which was really interesting, was there's there's some food app, Silicon Valley thing. But they, they showed a group message where people were deciding what they wanted for for dinner and they were doing it within the app within iMessage. Yeah. As they were typing to each other and they were sending each other the total as they were doing it and they could see there was a level of interactivity there. And I'm like, I, it kind of reminds me of like a meeting with screen sharing where it's like you're talking, but you're also doing something. And yeah. I kinda, it's kind of like that idea where if you can be messaging people and completing an action within iMessage at the same time, so you're not bouncing between apps. That's a really neat idea. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the like that kind of thing plays to what social strength Apple has. Like, do were we talking about this on air or off air? Which part? <laughs> the, we were talking about Apple's like what oh. Apple has social wise. No, that was before. Uh, no, oh, no, that was on the air. No, no, that was when we were oh, talking okay. about watchOS. Right. So, like, I feel like the like this, like people in your address book, uh, like people you actually know in real life, like people you see enough to text message, like that's what it, well, and assuming they all have iPhones, but like that's, that's where Apple has an advantage, right? Over, um, well, at least over like the Twitters of the world. Right. Uh, and, and to some extent, I think Facebook as well, um, or they could, I could see it working well for, for certain groups of friends. I guess everyone has that one friend who doesn't have an iPhone, though. Yeah, just a social pariah. 
Yeah. Um, though I feel like third party apps will, will deal with that themselves, maybe if they can. Well, I hope. I mean, I don't know. I I I go back and forth, but I just I would like I would like Apple to to open it up to multi platform. I just I it it just really and I kind of get the idea that mm. if they build a critical mass of iOS users and, and you know of Apple users, then it's really easy to convert Android people. Um, yeah. But. That's a, that's what I don't I really don't understand why they haven't just done that. Like why? Well, especially why because not? they're they're I mean, I it's not an Apple thing to do, to be fair. Well, but that's what I was just thinking was that's I don't think that's true anymore. They built Apple Music for Android. What? We we talked about this last year. Oh my god. I, I think they what? launched it, right? They they definitely talked about it. This is a th- this is a thing. I'm, I'm, oh my god yeah yeah i had no remember. idea oh this changes everything what <laughs> wow that's <laughs> this is super bizarre for one i i don't remember this at all mm-hmm. uh, that's crazy no but then and then you're you're absolutely right like i, don't, I mean I don't I, but that was a big first step for them and i, I Honestly, I I'm not surprised it wasn't this year, but I am hoping it's next year. Like I it's got to be coming. Again, you talk mm. about social scale and you can't do it on a single platform. Name a single Well, I'm not going to ask to name a single cuz someone will and I'll be proven wrong, but it's hard for somebody who owns a hardware platform like that to keep it exclusive. And I don't think it even Microsoft these days is building apps for everybody. Um there's just value in that. So, yeah, right. Cuz some people like it's it's you open yourself up to like people trying it like and maybe getting sucked in. Though I guess I mean I guess that cuts both ways, right? Like you can also try a different thing on your phone or something if you can still get iMessage. Well, um I think there's something to be said for the strategy of get iMessage super awesome on iOS and then mm-hmm. roll it out elsewhere. Like that's not a bad strategy, and if that's if that's what they're trying to do, then that's fine. Then good for them. Yeah, I I just I just wonder like when is super awesome like, or <laughs> when, and when do enough? you just lose like when when does someone something else like have such a killer feature that uh, everyone stops losing using iMessage? Yeah, uh, it does seem like uh a vulnerability well, i think snapchat's a good example of that i mean i don't i don't know the usage rates comparatively but i mean snapchat's got to be in terms of just communication has got to be as popular if not more popular oh yeah i I'm mean sure. it's it's because it has certain advantages that iMessage does not i mean that's that's where they've got to really differentiate themselves um right. from just basic messaging apps but you know it's kind of interesting to think about and it's just a thought experiment, but what other parts of iOS could they roll out to other platforms? I mean, would they ever make a Maps app for, for Android? I mean, they're spending all this Maybe. money on mapping cars and buying map companies. Yeah. I mean, I guess they might as well. They could roll out Siri um, if they wanted to, kind of like Microsoft's yep, done with they Cortana. Can do Siri. Right. I mean, it's interesting, too, because like you can do a lot of stuff on Android. Like you can, Apple can do, have like way more like iOS experiences for their apps than an Android app can have on iOS. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, which I think is, is fascinating. 
um, or like is an advantage for them, really. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, uh, also, the uh, this is totally unrelated, but I was looking at the Play Store uh, paid for Apple Music, and one of these reviews, like in the featured review section, it's one star, and it says, "Nope, I wouldn't pay for this thing. Therefore, I have not used it. I'm just downvoting." Like, <laughs> what a dick! Wow, that's so unnecessary. Right? That's awesome. Amazing. Uh, um all right is there anything else we've almost talked about everything um you know one Hmm. thing one thing i thought uh oh well we can talk about uh notifications and um the lock screen got some updates mostly just a visual redesign but a few new features you know one, one thing that really did strike me as i was watching these demos is um 3d touch is really important to ios like, yeah. there was a lot, a lot of stuff that was, and if you 3D touch here, this happens, especially yeah. with all the notifications and all the lock screen and the control center and all of that. Very important. I am, I'm pretty excited to get a new phone this year uh, because I want 3D touch. I think it's, I think it's super cool. Uh, it's a whole other level of stuff. Like, not to think, say that things should be more complicated, but like you can be a power user of phone apps now. And the right? widgets With, were, you know, where you long, you know, they had the example of a, an ESPN widget during a game and you and you long press it 3D touch and the live stream of the game opens in the in the notification. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, you need a, a third dimension, a third dimension of interactivity to to enable. Um, unless you're yeah. going to do some crazy stuff with the OS. So um, that really sells the hardware for me. Yeah. And I mean, I think the, I like the push to have like lighter interact, like lighter ways of interacting with apps, like open ways of interacting with apps too. Not like OS built in, like post to Facebook, like uh, a generic way to use like the apps that I actually want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think like like when I go to apps, like the apps I visit all the time, I'm doing a, a specific thing. And it's usually a small subset of what the entire app does. So the faster I can do that, the the less angry I'm gonna be when it when it takes a long time to load the to load the full binary. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I think it's cool. Also, I, I'm I was looking through the the 13 the the recap here and they have voicemails transcription on ios a beta feature by the Uh, way they were very clear on the slide they got a nice little mini beta written under it (laughs) point out you know subject to error but yeah fair enough um so one that's wicked cool and two this is another thing i forgot that android doesn't have the visual voicemail Oh my God. It's such a, like, I just take that for, I've taken that for granted for years. It's amazing. They don't have it. Right. And like Android, you have to still have to like call your voicemail and like type in numbers to delete stuff. It's crazy. Um, and so I have heard that the way visual voicemail is implemented is completely insane. Um, like it's, it's like sounds, I don't know. It's totally insane from what I understand. Um, but it's amazing. Uh, and I mean, that makes it all all the better, right? That it was super hard and it works really well. It yeah. works great. Yeah, this will be a nice feature. Um, 
I think when it uh, when it comes out. In addition, by the way, to um, there will also be APIs that allow you to um, integrate VoIP apps right into the mm-hmm. phone interface, and they will come up as regular calls if someone calls oh, you in WhatsApp cool. or um, whatever. It'll yeah. just seem like a regular call. So that's a nice feature. Mm-hmm. A lot of APIs. Going to build a lot of stuff. The end of the work phone. Yeah. You can do voice calling in Slack, so your company can just have Slack. Dude, that'd be awesome. You can do a voice yeah. calling in Slack? Yeah, they have it now. Oh, you, I think they just recently unbaited it. Um, I've used it before, though. It works pretty well. I've used it like when uh, on the rare occasion when I'm working from home and I actually need to talk to someone in real life. My desk phone, which is a, an actual like Cisco hardline phone, uh, rang today, and I didn't know what to do um, <laughs> because yeah, when I when I'm in in my new office in Houston, they asked me if I needed a phone, and I told them no, I don't I don't need a phone. Don't give me a phone because I don't right. I don't ever use it. Um, and actually, I, I'm going to see if they they can actually hook you up with a phone number that rings right to Skype um, uh-huh. on your PC, um, nice. and just go all digital because nice. we love Skype. Skype works perfectly, never a problem. <laughs> maybe it works better if you like pay for it or something. actually it does it works really well which is surprising because uh my <laughs> skype goes all the way to saudi arabia and back so right um, with no problem yeah it's hey listen so i'm fingers cro- <laughs> you know i'm not gonna knock it it's worked well right. for me um <laughs> i'm asking for trouble by making fun of it um it's true yeah it's actually been great tonight maybe it's just like like the too many no. people skype yeah no i know be- skype does collapse under its own weight it really does it is not built for for large groups. Um, mm. That is very true. It's a, I mean, it is a case like don't panic with the three of us is usually more stable than game nights with the four of us. Maybe well, that's, that's a problem. And it hammers, right. you know, that's the reason why we haven't been able to do game nights on Twitch is because the local processing oh. that um, a four person call has versus this kind of call. Um, yeah, we look like super crisp on Twitch. We look great. Um, well, we always look great, but we look really good on Twitch. Um, but that's because it's just the two of us and it's not eating up any of the processor power because it's not, it's not a bandwidth issue. I've checked. Um, Mm. it's more of a, uh, it's more of a local processing power. Um, all right. I will, I have one last thought on the Apple event because we've kind of talked about everything. Um, I... (sighs) Was there anything new Apple announced at this event? And by new, I mean something we hadn't seen before. Uh, do you mean like hadn't seen before as in like some other company doesn't already do this? Sure, sure. Or something Apple didn't do on one device and brought to another or like a truly new idea. Does Not even a big one. Just something. I think the... the like the Apple pay with your phone slash unlock your computer. I mean, I'm sure there are unlock your computer sorts of no, situations but that's out a good there. Example. Okay. But that, that like bridge that, that like touch ID, like auth with your phone to your computer. Um, I think that's pretty novel. Cause, Cause my takeaway from this event was it was, I mean, it's a software event. So, you know, that that's a piece of it, but Almost everything they announced was just a refinement of previous things they had already announced, especially with the watch and with TVOS. Um, I think the Mac stuff, you're right. I think that the payment stuff is a good example of something a little more interesting. 
Um, the messaging stuff wasn't new. We've seen all that before. The redesign of Apple Music and of news and of maps, that's all stuff we've seen before. You know, adding lyrics to, to the app. I mean, that's other apps have been doing that for years. Um, right. But that's okay. I'm getting to the point where yeah. that's okay. That it doesn't... I'm not bothered. I didn't leave this event really feeling bummed because I didn't get anything new. I felt good because the stuff I have got great. Yeah. So I, I was actually thinking about this too. Like, I wonder most other software companies, I feel like uh, maybe like phone OS is, isn't, this isn't quite true of, but, um, like I, it, at least with apps, right? When you're thinking about Messenger, like I, or iMessage, iMessage is like an app, uh, but it gets it doesn't get updated on an app schedule, right? right. Like your other messaging apps are, are routinely like you know every two weeks, Facebook updates their apps. Um, uh, sometimes that's like not a. Uh, sometimes it's not like new features, but. Uh, sometimes it is. So like you're getting new things all the time. Um, whereas with iMessage, you get new things. I mean, there are, there are incremental updates like bug fixes and stuff. Um, but generally you get new things once a year. And I don't know, like, I don't know if that's better or not. Like, is it on the one hand, it's annoying. Like on the one hand, it feels right now, it feels like Apple is like playing catch up to, to other things. Uh, but on the other, it feels, it's kind of cool. Like it's, it's something to look forward to, I guess. Uh, and perhaps they get to look back and, and reap the benefits of all the, the, the successful experiment experiments, other, uh, other apps have done or other apps have, have performed. Um, so well, I don't know. I wonder if you have any thoughts. On well, that. no, but I, I'm going to build off that. Cause I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because you, you, you put this in the sheet and this is probably the last piece we'll talk about, but um, in iOS 10, you can delete and redownload stock apps. But what's interesting about that is you do it through the app store hypothetically. And in no means did they say they were doing this. Apple could push an update to an individual app via the App Store because it operates like an App Store app. Um, there's a list right. of, of, you can't, it's not every single app you can remove, but you can remove music if you want. You can remove news and, and podcasts. Well, podcasts you could always remove, actually. Um, the watch yeah, I think app, podcasts has always been on the store. The calendar uh, app, the calculator app, FaceTime, find my, well, find my friends you could always remove. Um the new home app, which we didn't even get a chance to talk about, uh, contacts. So there are a lot you could do, but unbundling, like you said, the apps from the OS does open up a lot of possibilities mm, to yeah. getting a much faster upgrade cycle. Um, I would stand out now and say, I don't think Apple will update them this way. Because yeah. I think they get publicity by doing it once a year and they get people's right. attention. I could see them doing like small stuff, bug fix stuff, oh, right? Because sure. it's, it's, it's as, as you're like talking about friction, like doing something. Uh, if you have like a security fix in, you know, Messenger uh, or iMessage, sorry. And, and you want to push that out like to do to get pe it's way harder to get people to do a whole system update than it is to get them to upgrade one app. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and certainly there's like a gradient, right? Like there are people who don't upgrade their update their apps either. Uh, but for the most part, that all happens like seamlessly without you doing it. And like the software, the, the OS update does not happen that way. Uh, so I feel like there could be advantages, even if they don't do the big feature dumps or incremental feature feature dumps. I would bet that if that is the route they want to take, I bet they announce it in the fall because they always save a few software things for the fall event that they didn't mm-hmm. mention in the spring. And I think that could be a very interesting one for them to announce there. Um, yeah. fast, faster updates for stock apps. But we will see. Um, Colby, we're out of time. Sadly, because oh, this is damn, this has been fun. And honestly, just so much to say. We've covered, and like I said, we didn't even cover it. We didn't even get to talk about the new home app for HomeKit, mm-hmm. which I kind of just explained it. It's just an app to control all your home shit. Pretty simple. Yep. Um, but we managed to do both E3 and WWDC, which is a pretty big accomplishment. Um, it's true. When you don't have Dan weighing you down. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's not very nice. But. Um, <laughs> You know, I was going to call him an anchor, but I figured that was too big of a C joke. Um, so, <laughs> um, but this is good. Um, let's see. Is there anything else we should say? Hmm. I don't know. I'm sure we'll have more to say, and I'm sure Dan will have thoughts that he will share with us next week. Well, there's no show next week. Well, no, oh. that's not true. No, wait. Let me think about that. No, there's no show next week. Are are you are you going to be in transit next week? Yes. Yeah, so Monday, I'm actually moving into my new place. Now, I would say you and oh, Dan cool. could do it without me again, but I won't have access to process any of it until later in the week. And by then, it mm-hmm. it's not really worth it. So we'll probably just gotcha. take the week off. Cool. Um, cool. But we'll have some extra time to reflect. However, gotcha. if you're bummed that we're not doing a show next week, you know what we are doing next week, Colby? No. Game Nights. Wednesday night. Get psyched. Game Nights, the Dungeons and Dragons show that we, along with Dan and Matt, do uh, occasional, uh, you know, at random times. But it's on the feed, GameNights.tv. <laughs> um, and one other thing, Colby, of course, we're doing the summer movie draft all summer at UpForDebate.tv slash draft. Did you see the update today? True. No. I uh, saw that it was posted. I got the notification, but I didn't Colby. look. Am I losing again? You fell into last yeah. place. Bummer. But you've got a real... I, I, even, I even went to see Popstar this weekend. You were one of four people who did. I'm so sorry. I'm shocked at how little money that movie made. Yeah. It really should have I, been I enjoyed it. A lot of people yeah. did. I, I've only heard good things. Yeah. I don't know it had like happened. decent ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it wasn't bad, but... This whole summer has uh, been bad for non-franchise movies. Right. Like Keanu was yeah. another good example. I thought people more people would have seen that. Um, mm-hmm. any, any movie that wasn't a franchise did not. Yeah. I feel like when we talk about these things or we like roll our eyes and like another like movie that we've already seen, but like we do this to ourselves. This is all we go see. We go see things that are familiar. Well, uh, this summer has really been the first summer of the Chinese blockbuster. Uh, as I've been doing my that? research, this is, you know, where they're now starting to release movies at the same time in China, which is kind of a new phenomenon over the oh. last couple of years. Warcraft made meh, money here in the U.S. It is now, I think, the second highest grossing movie in China of all time. Massive, wow. utterly massive. So you got to realize when they start making movies now, it's not as big of a deal about making money in the U.S. If it makes a ton of money yeah. in China, 
you know, right. they don't care where the profit comes from. So it may not, you may think a movie like who's going to go see that in the U.S., but it doesn't matter. Mm, it matters yeah. that someone's going to see that. That's why they keep making Transformers movies. We all agree they suck, gotcha. and we all agree no one wants to see them. But they're huge in China, so <laughs> it's really it is a fascinating. Huh. If we counted global box office, it would be a totally different ball game. Um, right, but that that would be a fascinating like. If it's easy to do, like when we do our roundup, like this is what happened, but but here's what it was. What I mean, happened. maybe it'll be the same, right? Yeah, that would be interesting. I think that would actually probably change things, but we'd have to see. So yeah, you can go to up to up for debate.tv slash draft and follow along all summer. Um and follow at up for debate TV on Twitter for updates throughout the summer. This show, don'tpanic.io is the website. It's fantastic. Go there, audio video of every episode, including picks. No picks this week, but there will be picks uh next week, uh next time. Of course, uh, on Twitter at Don't Panic Show uh, and on Gmail, Don't Panic Show at gmail.com. I highly recommend you subscribe to the show on YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Play Music via RSS and most major podcasting apps. And lastly, we do the show live Monday nights, roughly 10 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash Don't Panic Show. Go there and subscribe to the channel and we'll notify you when we go live because that's half the fun when we chat with the folks at home. Um, excellent. Anything else, Colby? I don't think so. I think you covered it. We, we've said all that's need to be. <laughs> it's been yeah. over an hour and we've said all that's need to be said. <laughs> all that we can say. Well, I, I think now we can. We officially. This is the official send off to the Pittsfield studios of the Coffee and Beer podcast. Now, this is it. I mean, it, it certainly looks well, I don't know what the, the rest of everyone can see, but like I see I see Sean from the side. So oh, it's like pretty dark to show you, but everything's yeah. all. Yes, I'm also watching the basketball <laughs> game while doing the show. I'm not going to lie, but I've got just just all my all my stuff is gone. Oh, man, it's pretty it's lame. Crazy. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be interesting. But we'll, but next time you watch the show, we'll be coming to you from our new Houston, Texas studio. So that'll be exciting. absolutely. Um. But until then, on behalf of Colby and, of course, Dan, who will be back, uh, this is Sean thanking all of you for joining us. And hopefully you'll join us next time for more tech news here on the Don't Panic Show.